Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. G'day and welcome to the Farm's Vice Podcast with your host, Jack Creswell. Whether you farm it, service it, or just love it, this podcast is for you. We'll bring you the techniques and technologies you can implement into your day straight from the leaders and innovators themselves. Spread the Farm's Vice so that we can reach more farmers right across Australia. Follow us on all of your socials at Farm's Vice and let's get into this episode. This week's episode on Farms Advice Podcast, we talk to the CEO, Jim Cooper of Terrigen, an ag company which sells biological products, which at the moment are quite timely considering the price of inputs at the moment with a recent breakthrough for feed supplements, Milo, and not the Milo you're used to, but I'll let Jim talk you through it and see how it all works for Australian farmers as of today and into the future whilst also the hot topic of reducing methane emissions in cows. Plenty to take away from this episode, so make sure you tune in and share the Farms Vice podcast this episode so other farmers right across Australia can learn from it too. G'day and welcome to the Farms Vice podcast for this week. We have Jim Cooper. Jim, how are you going down there? Yeah, good, thanks. It's uh, good to talk to you, Jack. Absolutely, and even better to talk to you, especially from my end as a farmer and the other farmers that are probably joining in that might be out in the paddock at the moment, getting the job done, but also listening to some quality farms advice that will come across for today. But Jim, tell us all about yourself. Where are you from? People love to know who's behind the audio, where they came from and where you land yourself in that role today. Uh, well, I'm a bit unusual, Jack, because I, I live in the city, uh, but I've had strong agricultural farming connections my whole life. So like many Australians, um, I grew up with many uncles and uh, cousins with farm properties. And uh, so basically every holidays during my childhood, I was on farm. Uh, Western District, Victoria, beef farm, 
when I went to university, I worked just about every holidays on different cousins' farms. Uh, Boy up Brook in West Australia. Um, my uncle and aunt uh, grew wool um, and uh, also cropped. So I was often over there helping them. Um, and when I finished university in Melbourne, I did a, a law degree and an economics degree. I really wanted to take a year off. And I went and worked on my cousin's fine wool farm in Balmoral in Western Victoria. So I did a year with them. I was basically roustabouting and helped with shearing, but we did everything on farm. Uh, so, um, and then I worked in agriculture. I worked uh, for AWB uh, for a few years. I worked for one of um, uh, Australia's big regional bulk ports and I was the CEO there for eight years, uh, Western Victoria in Portland. And uh, I've just had a strong connection to agriculture my whole life. And now with four grown up children uh, who all grew up in town, three of them have moved into agriculture. So I've got one son farming up in the high country with his partner in Victoria, um, uh, running Angus. My uh, middle son is uh, on a big Warakiri cropping farm and he's just uh, landed in Esperance for his second six, six month term on farm. Uh, really enjoying, he, so he sowed the crop in Western Victoria and uh, um, just near Donald on 35,000 acre property. He's having an absolute ball. And my eldest daughter did agribusiness at university and she stayed up in Wagga Wagga. And uh, she's very connected to the farming industry up there through her role at the university. Um, so, and I've got one son who said he will never do any physical labour and he's going to use his brain and he's doing a commerce degree. But uh, that's that's my background, and I, I I sort of have a lot of connections to farming, uh, but I do it all from town. Uh, but one of my favourite things is to be out in the road visiting and talking to farmers. Yeah, same as myself. Quite quite the dynamic agricultural family you've got going there. Maybe in the end you'll have to pull together your consulting farming, um, the practical side, and get the the economists on the back end of it as well. Yeah, I think that would be a good idea. Yes, absolutely, Jim. Great sort of background and. Probably one thing that you could pull from outside of agriculture that you've pulled into your role today at Terrigen. What do you think that would be? Because I think for myself, I was over in London for a bit and gave me some experience mm -hmm. that not necessarily directly benefits agriculture, but you know, you can bring those sort of trends across just to see what others are doing, um, the global sort of situation they are within Europe. But for yourself, stepping out of agriculture and bringing that back, what was it? Oh, I think uh, I did toss up whether I'd become a farmer myself, but it's very difficult, uh, isn't it, uh, coming in from outside. Although my middle son's going determined to do that. Two of my sons are uh, buying land and setting up as farmers. But one of the best, most significant pieces of advice I got was driving around with my cousin in Western Victoria on his fine wool farm for a year. And we talked a lot during that year. And he he said to me, Jim, to be a good farmer, you also have to be a good businessman and run a run a good, neat farm. And uh, everyone can scrape by, but if you want to make a profit and be successful, he said, don't leave your tools lying around. Uh, we scrubbed the wool shed that year with soapy water and brooms up in the rafters. He said, I want to present the best wool clip ever when it goes to auction. I want my wool to be making Italian suits. And that was my cousin, Alec. And I still talk about that now, uh, thir more than 30 years later. And I was saying to someone inside Terrigen the other day, you know, there are farmers and then there are good farmers. And the good farmers are actually really good business people who know how to turn a profit. And uh, that stuck with me. And it just goes back to common sense, good housekeeping, planning ahead. 
Um, and it, it applies for business as well as farming. And uh, that's one of the biggest takeaways that I got from uh, my early years. Yeah, huge takeaway and just the sort of excellence that farmers try to achieve, like going to produce the wool for Italian suits. It's funny you say that. I'm actually over here producing this in Spain and I've got a wedding and yesterday went to go buy a suit looking down and it's like, I won't know any brands here or whatever. And it was Australian wool mark. So actually yeah. buying wool over here in Spain, that was a pretty cool feeling. Um, so yeah, had to go with that suit, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But Jim, let's talk about your role with Terrigen. Introduce us to Terrigen, um, what it is and what it's doing for farmers currently, and maybe a bit of the story of how it's come about in the last few years for yourself. Okay. Well, uh, Terrigen, uh, we're an Australian agriculture company and we specialise in biological products. Um, so we have a very long scientific heritage and it's a, it's a ripping yarn, Jack. Um, some scientists in 2010 who were very knowledgeable about uh, lactobacillus bacteria um, and these scientists were very good at genetically mapping bacteria and, uh, and uh, finding good bacteria as, and how we could use that in farming uh, to help farming. And uh, they were able to isolate bacteria that they collected in nature. And uh, they focused on a product for soils first that could help grow crops. And, uh, and they developed a product um, for Terrigen called Greatland Plus. And so this was back in about 2012. And, uh, and they, uh, they picked a few of the bacteria and they decided they were going to mix them together. Um, and, uh, and then they were going to put them onto uh, cropping onto crops. And uh, they were selling the product for dairy pastures. Um, and we had a lot of farmers who were experimenting with the product and um, they were applying it to uh, grow better pastures. Um, we discovered after selling it into uh, a lot into the Victorian uh, dairy market at the time and the Tasmanian dairy market, this great land product. Uh, it's a, and it's a liquid and you would call it a probiotic. And uh, everyone's heard of uh, probiotics for humans, uh, yogurt, kimchi, anything that's fermented and brewed that's good for human health is also good for soils and uh, for animals. And, uh, and Terrigen, it's fair to say, we're, uh, we consider that we're leading experts in knowing about microbes and how they can benefit agriculture. But the, the story then evolved that uh, some farmers down in Tasmania noticed that their uh, dairy herds were actually looking healthier. They had less sick cows in the herd and uh, they were eating this grass that had been uh, sprayed with the Greatland product. And uh, that led the scientific team at Terrigen to go back into the laboratories and they developed a second product called Milo. And that's our big product um, that uh, is a probiotic liquid. It's a direct fed microbial is what the, uh, the industry calls it around the world. But uh, 10 mils a day uh, to a dairy cow and also to calves. And uh, we uh, have been selling Milo in the market now for four years. And we've got over 60,000 cows, dairy cows a day taking the product in Australia. So we've actually got a market share of 4.3% uh, of the market now. Uh, and the farmers are seeing really good productivity gains uh, from, from that product. So uh, Milo, the probiotic. So we have those two products at the moment. And, uh, and that's uh, Terrigen's specialty is that we really know about microbes. And we've, we've got a scientific, there's 27 of us inside Terrigen. 
there's 11 scientists and including uh, the original scientist who invented the great land product uh, and is on our patents. Um, And so we've got a really good, strong scientific heritage who are in a team that are employed by us uh, and they work out of Queensland um, up at Coolum Beach. And we manufacture the product up in Coolum. And it's a, we ferment our microbes um, in big fermenters and we grow them from a seed stock that we've got. And uh, we've got enough seed stock in a deep freeze at minus 80 degrees Celsius. We've got enough to last us for 100 years. And we take a fingernail scraping out each production day and we ferment up the microbes and we blend them and we quality check them that they're uh, at the right density and consistency and we ship them all around Australia and uh, also now to New Zealand uh, and we do it all in-house ourselves uh, so so that's Terrigen in a nutshell. <laughs> Beautiful so a growing plethora of products um, and sort of just addressing those farmers issues as you come and as you can deal with them as a single company um, and the way we're sort of moving within agriculture input prices are through the roof and how farmers can look for some alternatives, but they're not alternatives. They're, well, they're good solutions for your farm, um, whether you're going to use the Great Land Plus or the Milo um, for that. But using urea currently versus biological solution of Great Land Plus, what sort of advantages are you seeing with your results, the research going into it? Yeah, well, the, the research is all important for us. So we, um, the way we differentiate ourselves is we don't just, we, first of all, um, no one else makes the product, we make it so we know what's in it and we quality control it. And uh, during our research phases on both Great Land Plus and Milo, we sent uh, quite a bit of research out to outside um, research bodies to confirm whether we can see benefits. So the University of Queensland was a big a research partner for Terrigen. And uh, more recently, we've been using Ellenbank Smart Farm, which is the Victorian government's dairy research farm that's been going since the 1940s. And they have a worldwide reputation. So we've we basically established uh, that we get really good productivity results, with particularly with Milo. Um, the cows on Milo uh, produce more milk, yep. um, uh, better components in the milk, so more milk fat. Um, and these have come out of the universe, uh, uh, both the University of Queensland and also Ellen Bank's results uh, that are uh, more recent. Um, Milo is very good for reducing the somatic cell count um, in uh, mature dairy cows by up to 38%. And many of our customers approach us first when, when they've got a rising somatic cell count problem in their herd. And in calves, uh, they take Milo as well from day one uh, of life. And uh, we know that the calves uh, can be weaned up to 10 days earlier and they do put on a lot more weight than calves not on Milo. And they take the 10 mils of liquid Milo in their milk uh, that they take each day. Um, and so the, the calves put on an extra six kgs over their, their first uh, 70 days of life. And uh, we also know from the university studies that their rumen is much better developed and more mature and enables them to, uh, to grow faster than the calves not on Milo. So we started selling uh, Milo for calves and dairy cows four years ago, and we've been growing our market share over time. And the farmers are really wanting the productivity benefits. Uh, so, so that's first and foremost the reason that's, that's Terrigen's offering uh, 
to the markets. And what I, I joined two and a half years ago, Terrigen, and uh, we were selling great land and Milo to 13 different farming sectors, but uh, uh, macadamias, uh, pine trees, uh, fish, um, sheep, uh, dairy cows, beef, it goes on, the list goes on, horticulture, um, sugarcane, bananas. And I came in two and a half years ago and, and I said, look, we really should focus on the best uh, line that we're, that, we're, uh, that we're good at. And that was dairy. And once we're commanding the dairy space, we'll branch out. So now two years on, we, we're making good inroads in the dairy industry. And we're now brand, branching out into beef feedlots where uh, we can see, um, we got a very interesting scientific result, Jack, from our Ellen Bank uh, smart farm research, where the cows on Milo were being tested for methane reduction. And I'll get to that in a minute, because that's exciting too. But uh, interestingly, dairy cows normally lose weight. They lose condition during their, their milking cycle during the year before they're dried off. And the Milo cows were actually um, uh, putting on weight. And we found that during the study at Ellenbank, they put on 21% more weight uh, than the cows, the control cows not on the product. And we looked at that and the, the professor at Ellenbank uh, was very, he said, wow, that's a very significant result. So we, we're now using that in the beef feedlot industry. And we've got two feedlots, one in Victoria and one in New South Wales are now on Milo. And uh, we're, we're looking for feed conversion efficiency um, uh, each month that the, uh, the cattle are in the feedlots. And we know that they're going to get a good feed conversion efficiency result because we proved that at the University of Queensland and also the Ellen Bank results. The, the cattle actually did convert um, the feed you know, into better condition. So, um, so yeah, it's the, it's the scientific research that backs up um, the productivity results that, that is really enabling us to sell our product week by week. And, uh, and the bonus this year was in April, we uh, were very excited to announce a, a methane reduction result, a modest result, yep. but, uh, but still pretty powerful, which I can get to in a minute shortly. Uh, but a, you know, a seven and a half percent reduction of methane uh, per litre of uh, energy corrected milk. So not only did the cattle on Milo ate slightly less, they produced more milk, more milk fat, and they reduced methane. And uh, the scientists running the trial for us independently of us were pretty surprised, pleasant, pleasantly surprised and said, we think we're onto something here. And, uh, and, uh, and, it's, and also you've got a product that's good for the animal's health and its welfare and, uh, and its productivity. Uh, and the bonus is you're reducing methane. So uh, we're very excited about that result. Yeah, and that's probably one of the biggest talking points for climate change, for farmers. What can we do, and especially as livestock producers, dairy farmers, um, and how can we limit our emissions through methane? Um, for that, that's probably the biggest punch for this episode. And reducing methane by that 7.5% you found within dairy? Yeah, yeah, what, what's very significant about that methane reduction result was a few things that are significant. Um, the first thing uh, was the scientists said to us, uh, this is a very interesting finding. We, we, we are curious to see why we're getting this result. And the lactobacillus bacteria, we have three different um, species of, uh, 
lactobacillus bacteria in Milo. Yeah. And in combination, uh, they work to amplify um, the operation of the, of the dairy cow's rumen, their gut. And it leads to a reduction in uh, the methane producing um, activity. Um, uh, and what's very interesting, uh, well, there's a few things that are interesting, but um, the, the bugs in Terrigen's uh, uh, product Milo actually stay in the rumen of the, of the cow, the dairy cow. They implant themselves in the gut. They amplify its activity. Uh, it reduces the somatic cell count and they put on condition more milk and then less methane. Um, and uh, so the scientists were looking at it and said, look, we're dosing 10 mils a day. Um, it's not much for a big black and white dairy cow, um, Holston Friesian cross over 500 kgs, just two teaspoons a day. They said, that's amazing. Um, and they said, we would like to do a second round experiment. Uh, we know that's the dose Terrigen you've been using with your customers for the last uh, four years in the market. But what if we dosed a lot more? Uh, would we get above 7.5% methane reduction? Um, and so we are actually, we have scoped out round two of a study for Milo with a much higher dose. Um, but we do know at 10 mils, we get a, a reduction. And uh, the scientists actually uh, said, we would like to take these results to the, uh, there's a greenhouse gas conference uh, held around the world um, and we that was held this year last month um, in Orlando, Florida, and it's the Greenhouse Gas in Animal Agriculture Conference. So it's really um, uh, there were 470 scientists. I, I went over with Terrigen's chief scientist and uh, two of the scientists from the Victorian government who presented the results. What was really interesting from that conference, Jack, was we had 470 of the world's top uh greenhouse gas scientists from universities all around the world, some of the most famous agriculture universities in the world, like the University of California, um, Penn State in the States, yep. um, uh, University of Wangeningen in the Netherlands. They were all there, uh, professors, PhD students presenting their studies. And that was like speed dating. They had 15-minute presentations to do their research. Uh, present their research really quickly and crisply. So we listened to four days of this conference. And about the fourth day, I turned to my chief scientist and I said, none of these other methane reducing experiments actually increased the productivity of the animals. They all reduced productivity. So the seaweed uh, reduced yeah. productivity. Uh, uh, 3-NOP is another chemical that's used uh, for reducing methane in livestock. It reduced productivity. And uh, we were we got excited uh, that our direct fed microbial, the nat natural microbe, actually increased the productivity. And we got a lower methane result, but um, we compared pretty well on price. We know that we'll be very price competitive. We'll probably be about an eighth of the price of uh, uh, seaweed when it gets to market. Um, and we're in market today. So one of our selling points is well, we're ready right now and uh, we're good for the animal health. Yep. Um, and uh, the other interesting thing was the other, um, we celebrate all these other products as well because we're all part of a big world jigsaw puzzle trying to solve carbon reduction. So these are all our colleagues, but, but uh, the other products in the market only work for a few hours. And then the big challenge for them is that after two and a half to three hours, you have to redose as a farmer. 
And the benefit of uh, Terrigen's products is they tend to uh, remain in the, uh, the, the, the animal system. Um, and uh, we do dose our product to 10 mils a day, but um, we know that our bacteria um, actually come out the other end alive in the feces of the animals. And, uh, and there's a bit of a good cycle there too, is the, uh, the fertiliser that comes from our live bugs does tend to go around in a bit of a, a circle of life on the farm. So we, we think there's, uh, there's something really interesting going on here with, the, with biologicals uh, can actually help in mainstream farming for productivity and, the, and, and, and getting the carbon down. I think like right across the world, it's been a good talking point, especially we've got some family in the UK and that's a big thing for them methane but also biologicals um opposed to the other products out there on the market and how it is helping us but reducing the impact to climate as well all farmers are sort of doing that but we're also aware of greenwashing um but that's where you come to nerd out with the scientists in your firm and at that conference quite niche and great to see like the backing there there's actual results you've got your percentages and everything um and you're not having to feed your cattle a mammoth amount. It's only 10 mils a day. That's pretty phenomenal. How are the cattle actually processing it? What is it? Is it a liquid added into their daily feed rotation or how does that work? Yeah. Yeah. At the moment, um, our product's a liquid product. So it's, um, um, it's, uh, it's got water in it and it's got a bit of molasses in it, um, which actually feeds the bugs. And they actually, after we, we package them in uh, 20 litre, 200 litre and 1,000 litre containers and they leave the factory, uh, Terrigen's factory, um, they actually keep growing in container and they're alive for six months at it's just like room temperature. sort of formula, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, because the bugs are alive, so that that's the definition of a probiotic. It's uh, it's it's they're live bugs. They're not bugs that were once alive and they're dead now. No, they're still alive, yeah. and uh, and they will actually continue to live and grow inside the rumen of the cattle. So, yeah, liquid product uh, at the moment in the dairy industry, uh, the main way we give it to cattle is in their uh, the feed ration while they're being milked, um, and so we pump it in electrically and we squirt ten mils in. Uh, to their feed ration each day. Um, in the beef feedlot industry at the moment, where we're using our liquid product added to a daily mixer wagon and uh, the ration for the feedlot cows is delivered that way. And we're working pretty quickly based on customer feedback on a dry version of our product. So we've got, um, we've got freeze-dried um, uh, product uh, of Milo that we've been uh, testing and we've tested it out in storage up to 16 months of life and it pretty much when it's reanimated in liquid it's extraordinary it comes back to almost full viability of yeah. live bugs yep. and what we're working on at the moment is how can we encapsulate that freeze-dried product in some kind of a coating so that we could feed say a, an adult handful of uh of uh, granulated dry Milo um, into the feed of cattle each day, which we think will go very well in beef feedlots. And, uh, and also maybe in grazing situations where animals come into a trough and uh, we, it's not just a dairy fed situation or a feedlot situation. Uh, one of the big challenges, Jack, in, in the whole feed supplement industry is um, the grazing industry um, you know it's actually easy to get product to animals in barns 
and uh, um, feedlots and in dairies. But um, that's only a small percentage of the animals in Australia and overseas. And everyone's working on how to get the product out to grazing animals. Um, and our part of that world is working on dry milo. Yeah, so that would go out as like a mineral sort of lick for grazing animals out in the paddock? Could do. Um, mineral licks are one option. Um, uh, the, look, the scientists have a number of different options that they're looking at. Um, the yep. one we're looking at is this encapsulated dry milo that may be 50 grams a day um, per animal. Um, one of the tricks is it's got to be palatable. Um, so um, uh, what I, I was in the factory where some of the pellets are made and uh, the pellet makers said to us, what flavour do your cattle want? And um, uh, they had a whole flavour. They had 10 different bags you could go and choose from. And what, they said the most popular flavour I thought would be molasses. And it wasn't. It was a peach uh, flavouring that smelled like a kid's bubble gum. And I, I got some in my hand and held it and sniffed it. And I, I had that sniff on my hand for the next two days. <laughs> and the pellet makers said to us, that's what the dairy cows like. them. They, they actually go for that. So the product development that Terrigen's working on at the moment is um, how can we actually make dry milo in a volume that's high enough, like 50 gram handful, that they'll actually get most of it. And it tastes so good that they actually look for it. Just like kids go for the cocoa pops when they're on holidays, uh, we want the cattle to find the uh, the product really um, um, attractive and palatable, uh, so that they get the goodness of the microbes. Yeah, absolutely, and not to be confused with the M I L O Milo as well. We're not going to cattle our Milo, but their Milo as well. <laughs> That's correct. Yes, we our product is M Y L O. Yeah. yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And we had Lachlan Dow from the Pine of Science Festival on before, and he's working with Syro within microbes. And I think farmers are looking to go further into depth with what we can actually do for our productivity, um, whether we can improve that, but limiting, reducing the amount of feed that our cattle livestock are intaking and see how they convert that a little bit better. So I think like on the other, as a farmer, that's, exactly what we need especially once you do delve into grazing products i think that would be quite beneficial for farmers um especially out west quite large pastoral properties to be able to convert less feed um to more productivity would be pretty advantageous for any sort of farmer whatever they're doing how big or small. yeah 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 i agree with that that's the holy grail Yep. And uh, so there's not just the research into the product themselves, the application and how you get it into the animal um, is where the next big effort of research is going to be done. And in fact, the Australian government, the federal government, um, they have a program where they're, they're, they're funding these research pieces. Um, it's called the Merrill Program, the Methane Emissions Reduction in Livestock which is the abbreviation Merrill. And Merrill's big focus now after doing the first round of research with a whole lot of Australian companies on products that reduce methane is now can we work on the technologies for how you get those products into the animals, which is quite a different question. Yeah, 100%. And it's great that you're on and in the innovation sector for yourself as a product and have the scientists in your own room to move forward. What sort of projections are you looking forward to for milo and greatland plus what's happening within that space um growing it out because you're relatively new in the market aren't you as well 
Yeah, well, we've, we've, the, the scientists were started researching and developing the products in uh, 2012. Yeah. Uh, and then we've been, Great Land's been sold in the market for about nine years uh, for crops. And it's, it's selling a moderate amount at the moment, but it's um, increasing. Uh, and I'll get to that in a minute, uh, just because the urea price increase has created a lot of interest for for Terrigen this year in our Great Land Plus product, yeah, and Milo Milo is uh, Milo is actually being uh, with sixty thousand uh, mature dairy cows on the product each day, and about ten percent of Australia's calves are on the product each year. Um, we're we're uh, now expanding our sales into New Zealand, uh, so New Zealand have about three and a half times more dairy cattle in Australia. But um, uh, they divide their dairy industry into five different systems, and uh, Terrigen's targeting those animals in New Zealand where they buy feed off farm to supplement the feed ration, and Terrigen's targeting those. So we've uh, we're, we're driving uh, our sales in New Zealand. So where we want to get to, we'd like to be a, a significant but modest part of uh, the options for dairy farmers who firstly want to get productivity from their animals and they don't want to do that through chemicals. Um, internally, we use the buzzword, uh, it's the end of chem. Yep. So, you know, 60 years ago, farmers thought chemicals were the solution to everything. And uh, the sector that Terrigen is focusing on is with natural microbes, uh, you can get productivity increases in your soil and your crops and also in your animals. Um, and these natural microbes amplify um, production, the, the microbiome it's called, which is the, 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 um, the environment in the stomach of a, of a um, ruminating animal. And in the soil, the microbiome is, are all the bugs in the soil. And our products each aim to amplify the benefits in those two uh, biomes. Yeah, amazing. And for yourself to go towards farmers to see what they're doing, are they quite actively looking for and was this year and a bit of last year as well, the input prices, the key driver into looking for these other solutions, biological means, um, so how they can lift productivity? Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, um, uh, the Milo sales definitely come from farmers. Uh, sometimes they've got a sick herd uh, and they want to get the somatic cell count down um, or they're wanting to uh, uh, help their calves. And uh, the farmers say, gee, the, the calves were bouncier and they seem to be eating a lot more and they're maturing faster. Um, yep. Can we use this in our mature cows? So that, that's on that side. Uh, the Great Land Plus, um, we let that go a little bit and focused on Milo two years ago um, to get the our dairy industry focus going. Um, but we noticed a lot of incoming calls over the last nine months with the rising urea prices and farmers were saying, could we use Greatland Plus, which is sprayed onto our uh, pastures? Uh, does that have any impact on uh, potentially reducing our urea application? And we had had some good results with some Western District farmers who had reduced their urea applications over the years and had been supplementing that with a much cheaper Greatland application. Um, so we sell great land. We recommend you put it on at about four litres per hectare. And um, and uh, and it works out at $38 per hectare. So that's pretty competitive compared to uh, no matter what the, or depending upon what the urea application is, you know, can be much, much higher. 
And, uh, and uh, the farmers actually who are looking for these uh, productivity increases in their pastures, um, they're actually uh, the ones who are curious about what's going on biologically in my soil um, and how healthy is my soil? Uh, what's the nutrient content? And even and the more sophisticated of the farmers who are really, really curious, um, they are not just doing nutrient soil tests uh, to look at the mineral content uh, and the elements in the soil, but they're also doing biological soil tests to look at the, the level of biological activity. And that's actually getting quite sophisticated. And that's the area where Terrigen plays with its great land plus product. Yeah, great stuff. And plenty to build on that as a company as well. One of the things with FarmsWise podcast, in interviewing the likes of yourself, I struggle with, I really want to get out of how you built the company up and also what you do for farmers. So maybe splitting them into two streams later on would be pretty beneficial as well. But for yourself, yeah. where's Terrigen like going in the next five to 10 years um, for the farmers, but for you as a company as well? Well, where we want to be is we want to be, uh, first of all, uh, we want to be recognised in Australia and New Zealand as uh, one of the go-to companies in uh, biological products for farming uh, that help with productivity and, and methane reduction. So um, that's a big job. You know, you don't just get instant recognition. You'd know that yourself building up your podcast business. You know, you build up in layers, don't you, and confidence. And uh, um, so we've really increased our um, talking talking to people like you and our social media activity, and we're getting out and doing a lot more publicity. So number one is we, we want more recognition. Uh, we celebrate our competitors. Uh, our competitors in the biological space are often chasing the same farms we are, but we... About two years ago, our sales team was saying, these guys are actually convincing farmers to go biological. That's a really good thing. So we actually do celebrate um, our competition out there because uh, convincing farmers to leave their chemicals to one side and the chemical fertilisers and medicines and antibiotics and going to a natural product is quite a uh, courageous thing for farmers to do. Uh, and then what I learned, Jack, from attending this greenhouse gas conference in Orlando um, a month ago yep. was that uh, we really are small down here in Australasia, New Zealand and Australia. You know, the world revolves around us while we're here and you would know that too because you travel the world. Yep. Uh, the business is much bigger um, in agriculture elsewhere around the world. And what I learned from that is where do I want Terrigen to be? I want Terrigen to be sold in big overseas markets for livestock and also for uh, soils and pastures around the world. Um, and uh, so we'll need overseas partners for that. So in three and four years time, uh, we will be, uh, the dream is uh, we'll be actively working with some big overseas agricultural partners who'll be saying, gee, you invented some great technology here in Australia. That's remarkable. Um, you're in market and you've been testing it for four years and it works. Uh, and now we're actually spreading the word overseas. That would be uh, a dream for Terrigen. 100%. And they might even hear it on the FarmsWise podcast. Actually, you had a recommendation from someone in California the other day, and I thought that was pretty cool to have someone in California listening. So if that's you, thank you. Um, but, yeah, no, I love the story of how it's going. And biological, I don't think anyone can't not love it, the solution that it's providing for farmers um, and the sort of way of the world we're going greener for the farmers, um, but also improving that social license for farmers is getting more and more important. Um, however close you are to consumers, if you're way out west, a thousand Ks from Sydney or 
out in Air Peninsula, um, doesn't really matter where you are, but as long as you're sort of improving and not getting left behind too much as a farmer, I think if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you, but as long as you gave it a crack, had a look at it, um, just even checking out websites can be quite handy for farmers. But for any farmer out there, what would be one piece of farms advice you'd like to pass on for people looking into biological solutions, not just your products of Milo and Great Land Plus, but as you said before, you're pretty good with celebrating your competitors and like the podcast, I like to do it as well. And it plays the long game of what we're doing, but what would that one piece of farms advice be? Oh, I think it goes back to one of Terrigen's uh, main strategies, which is it's all about the science and we want to be, yep. we want to be world-class good at our science. And uh, so for us, um, um, sometimes probiotics in the past 20 years ago might've had a bad reputation of oh, it's snake oil. Uh, it's a witch's brew. And um, some of the products might've been 20 years ago, but that's why Terrigen went to such care to get our products tested by separate universities, which was a risk. They might've actually come back and said, this stuff just does not work. And yep. we were fortunate that it did. So with farmers, as we sell, we say to them, look, um, the best thing you can do in your farm is try the product. And if you're, if you're tracking the data of your production on your farm, um, let's compare uh, back um, either a test paddock that doesn't have our Great Land Plus on it with a paddock adjacent to it that does. Or if you've got some calves, you can test two batches of calves and one on Milo and one not. Yep. And in the dairy cows, I mean, dairy farms and also beef feedlots are pretty heavy on data and tracking uh, weight gains, milk production, somatic cell count. Um, and they have very good data management systems. And we go back into those systems every month and said, let's come in and have a look at what's going on. So we've got a very good vet on staff and our chief scientist and, and their team. And uh, what I would say to farmers is go back and check the data. If it doesn't work, leave us and go and try something else. Yep. Uh, but we'd like you to actually go back and check the data and the science. And uh, from that, you learn and you refine and fine tune. Yeah, absolutely. And I think split testing, whether you're in marketing, sending an email campaign to different audience groups, but also out in the paddock is probably the best and quickest way to see what these sort of results are. Trialing new products, whether it's ag tech products for your livestock or just for improvements of the soil is a great way. Well, Jim, yeah. it's been amazing to have you come on, tell your story about Terrigen, but also yourself as the CEO there and see what your pipeline is, keeping it full and way that you're moving as a company sounds phenomenal what's the pipeline look like though for Terrigen next five to ten years oh we've got some exciting new products as well which we parked because we're being sensible you know don't plant seven different crops get two of your crops going really well and that's our great land and milo but we've got a great third product called lactolin that's a that's a natural microbe teat wash for dairy cows um, which will be an alternative to teat washes. Uh, iodine is the traditional uh, teat wash. And I observed at the conference uh, overseas just recently that iodine's been banned in Europe for use. Right. And uh, um, so, um, so if you want to clean uh, your, your udders of your dairy cows, you've got to use chlorhexidine, um, uh, which is used in um, you know, human surgery as a cleaner. And we're really excited about our product, Lactolin, and uh, it's based on our natural microbes, which you spray onto the cow's udder yep. 
And uh, our good microbes, the probiotics, bash up all the pathogens and keep the udder healthy. And uh, it's a great product. It's going to need quite a bit of testing and regulatory approval, but that's our third uh, product that we are really keen to get into the pipeline as soon as we can. Amazing. And something I wouldn't have even heard of if I didn't have you on the Farms Vice podcast. I didn't even know that was a thing. I thought it just would have been water washing the teats. Yeah. 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 It's great. So there's lots of opportunity and who knows what else uh, will come out of all this microbe, natural microbe research. Um, It's a fascinating industry, the biological industry. Very exciting space. And we'll be here keeping up with what you're doing with Terrigen, but also for yourself. But on the Farms Vice podcast, who else would you like to hear on here and why? Oh, um, I think um, I think uh, the leading farmers, um, there are some really leading farmers uh, in the dairy industry and in the beef feedlot industry. And uh, so some of the, the most curious and best practicing farmers are the ones who are saying, uh, how do I get my animals more fertile? Uh, how, how, what's going on in the rumen of the cow? What's going on uh, when they get pregnant? Um, some of our leading farmers, I can probably tell you offline who they are. Yep. And I've met some great practitioners. And the one, uh, the one criteria that they all have is a, a raging curiosity. Yep. You know, they're just not taking the status quo. They're going, oh, look, uh, and these these um, farmers I talk to are some of the smartest people you've ever met, and uh, they're usually in a pair of overalls with cow shit all over them, and I love that. And they are holding conversations about their farms and their productivity that are the equal of any scientific conversation at a university, and I love that. So um, I suppose if you just get out there and find out some yep. of these leading practitioners, uh, they're the ones who are actually stretching the industry and challenging how we do things. And uh, Terrigen's got a few of them on as our, on our customer list, and we just revel in uh, working with them as partners. Great stuff. Never discredit a dairy farmer and their smarts and how they're going to prosper out in the future. For yourself, how can we get in touch with Terrigen, see a little bit more about your products or just give you and the team a call just to know more? Uh, the best way to get in touch is uh, Terrigen's website. So uh, after when I first got to Terrigen, I had a lot of feedback from people saying this is a really um, difficult website to use. So we spent a year rebuilding it, Jack, and uh, yep. I commend anyone just just search for Terrigen. Yep. Uh uh, on uh, in your search engine and uh, you'll find a beautiful website with all of our contact details, mobile telephone numbers of our sales team. Uh, we're very, very contactable. I find as I'm growing Terrigen's business, Jack, I'll call the managing director of a big supermarket chain or a big dairy company and you can't get through beyond a switchboard at the front. And uh, I was determined to make us very accessible. So our mobile telephone numbers are on our website, our emails. Um, it's very easy to get in touch. And we've we've broken our website down for the customers. We've said, uh, come in and uh, what do you need solved? And you'll find it's really easy to get in there and click on it. And then you'll find uh, the research for Terrigen and what our products are to solve that particular problem for farmers. So. Um, it's all there on the website. And we are also, uh, we've got a fantastic communications advisor who's on staff, Ed McLeish. Yep. And he's brought us into the 21st century with uh, all of our social media. So uh, not just Facebook, but as you know, there's um, there's LinkedIn and there's Twitter and there's YouTube. And uh, 
um, and uh, we're an Instagram. So we're very, very active across all the social channels. And we found that farmers are pretty progressive. You probably know this with using social media. Yep. And uh, particularly my kids who are on farm at the moment, uh, they get all their product info from uh, 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 from the internet when they're on farm. And uh, we find that if we cover all the social media channels, that means we've covered everyone who has a you know a preference. Oh no, I've got everything on Insta, or I only use Facebook, or I you know I'm a Twitter fan. We thought, well, we better cover them all, and uh, so um, we've got quite a presence there as well. Yeah, the omni-channel approach works pretty good for farmers and agribusinesses like for myself i reckon twitter is probably the growing one that i think that everyone's just having the conversation on there um and great place to get the answers for yourself as an agribusiness but also for farmers looking for products questions are answered in two seconds flat um without a doubt in there but i'll go one step easier and i'll put the terrigen links down below in the show notes so everyone can go on there and have a look and see what terrigen's all about further afield other than this episode Oh, that's great. Thanks, Jack. Jim, thanks very much for coming on to the Farms Advice podcast. Great to have you on here and passing on some Farms Advice. I'm sure there's a lot of others out there that will learn from this and good to have another sort of area in agriculture, especially trying to get into that dairy as well, just to see what we can do there as well. Thanks, Jack. And I've really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you. to the Farms Advice podcast. It is produced by Advertorize Digital, the agribusiness marketing specialist. Go to farmsadvice.com.au for more information on this episode and the others before and spread the Farms Advice. If you love this episode, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe as it helps other farmers find us too. But until then, next Tuesday, keep on farming. In the spirit of reconciliation, the Farms Advice podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country for Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.